Welcome to this week's message at Corner Bible Church. We're so glad that you could join us. If you'd like more information on our church, you could check us out at our website, cornerbiblechurch.com, or you can like or follow us on Facebook. Now here's this week's message. Thank you for listening. We're going to be in Colossians 2, verses 1 through 7. Colossians 2, verses 1 through 7. Now, normally you would attend a church service on Mother's Day, and you would get a Mother's Day message. But we're not that church. We're a church that, yes, you can find things in Scripture that ultimately guide you to being a good mother. We honor you. We love you so much. But God calls us all onward. And we're focused on developing the entirety of the body as mothers and fathers and sages and mentees. So we're all developing together on the same trajectory. So I want to first and foremost say, we love you, mothers. Every one of you in here, we obviously would not be here without you. Participating together, growing together. But I do think that in our passage from Colossians, what you see the title on the screen is, is cultural identifiers. I do think that if we'll hear it, we'll recognize and realize a path that we're all supposed to be walking on, that we're supposed to be going toward, fighting for. Very specifically, I use that word fighting for. As we see in Colossians, before we get into verses 1 through 7 today, we see that Paul desires the church in Colossae to be one that is knitted together in love. Knitted together in love while being rooted, built up, and established in Jesus Christ, in Christ alone. What we just did here is to establish these families in focusing on Christ, because many of us know distractions are paramount in our society, yes? Many of us get distracted with the smallest things. How many of us are squirrel people? Be honest, okay, squirrel. Oh, yeah, I totally just lost track of what I was doing today, okay? So a lot of us have that ability to be distracted easily, and what Paul is trying to focus this church in and us as individuals is to be focused, rooted, built up, and established in Christ. And do not be distracted, Christ alone. Let's read our scriptures together today. Colossians 2, the same ones we read last week, but there's so much more meat in there, we have to do it twice. Cultural Identifier, part two. For I want you to know how great a struggle that I have for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments, for though I am absent in body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Now, last week, we talked about this idea of cultural identifiers. 
and I had two oars up here, and I'm, I'm a little disappointed in the amount of people that asked me if I was going to hit somebody with them. Like, we're just a, a little overly aggressive when it comes to certain things, and they're like, who are you going to paddle? If you have a paddle that size in your house, we need to talk, because my goodness, that, those things were big. All right, so we brought the oars up, and we used, or I used specifically, the idea of P.J. Fleck as the coach at Western Michigan University, and who's now at Minnesota, and his row-the-boat mantra. Now, his row-the-boat mantra was birthed out of an area in his life where he had lost his child, lost their second son, and he needed something to ground him and be able to focus him forward, and he had this idea of despite the circumstances, continue to row the boat. When the storm hits, if you don't row, you're not going anywhere. And to be able to identify that culture and the idea of grabbing the oar and moving forward and exerting effort, he hung oars throughout the building at Western Michigan. And the oars said, row the boat. So when any individual came in contact with Western Michigan, they also had keychains that had a little oar on it that said, R-O-W, row. They would understand the culture that they were identifying with and the culture that they were bringing in to the society to which they were walking into. And we said in that idea, the, the same thought process is how God uses you and I. He didn't use a, a physical object. He used a person. He used Jesus Christ to identify the culture that we're supposed to be a part of and to be identifiable by, or identified by. And then he sent his Holy Spirit to mark you, and he utilizes us. the first and foremost identifier in you, those of you that are believers in Jesus Christ, is that we would be, we, we, plural, together, not individualized, but we would be knit together in love, in love. The question that we posed last week is, do we identify with that type of love? 1 Corinthians 13, 1. Patient, it's kind. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but it rejoices with the truth. It is not irritable. How many of you were irritable this morning? A few, thank you for being honest. I appreciate that. Not irritable, but it seeks out the truth. We would say those are some characteristics of our moms, wouldn't we? The church is not just supposed to be the characteristics of mothers. It's supposed to be the characteristics of the church. That we would, we plural, again, we, we together, all of us, united, would be knit together in love. With that as the first and foremost, the overlaying identifier, the mantra of Jesus Christ and God, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that we might be able to partake in everlasting life. A new commandment I give you that you love one another as I have loved you. The first and greatest command that you would love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and you would love your neighbor. Right? We know these things, don't we? 
as the things that we know, as Riley said right here, he, he said there are some things that we know and we verbalize them, but then we don't act upon them. I'm staying a little long in this process to rearticulate this because it is the most important thing that we can do. To love. Despite the chaos in the world that is around us, as PJ Flex said, continue to row when chaos ensues. God says you are to continue to love. In verse 6, it says, therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Therefore, as you received him, because God so loved the world, you're also supposed to walk into the world because God so loved the world. We are the living embodiment. If we're going to be walking in the way that we have received Christ, there's a few things that we need to understand. Verse 7, it says that we are to be rooted, built up, and established in faith. That is rooted by his love, built up through his love, and established in his love. Let's take a look at rooted first. What does it mean to be rooted by his love? Well, first and foremost, if we are not rooted, okay, we, we talk about this in the sense of being grounded in our culture. You guys know a grounded individual. You guys have said that term before, okay? So we're talking about this idea of being rooted or grounded. Because before anything else can be accomplished in our walk, we have to be rooted in Christ. We have to know what we're supposed to grow up into. H.B. Charles says it this way. The first description of the Christian walk is being rooted in him. A rooted tree is fixed. It's grounded. It is settled in the soil. The tree draws its life, its strength, its nourishment from the soil. Likewise, every born-again person has been rooted in Christ, has been. The verb for rooted is a grammatical emphasis that speaks of a completed act with ongoing implications. When you received Christ Jesus the Lord, you were rooted in him once and for all. Okay, if you've been in church for a little while, anybody been in church for a long time? Just raise your hand, long time? I mean, you can define long, right? It's a relative term, long Short, doesn't matter. You've been in church for a long time. You've heard this term, justification. Okay, how many have heard that term, justification? Okay, rooted is justify. Rooted is justification. And as H.B. Charles said, this is in the past tense, which means it has been done. It has been done. Upon your salvation, you receive a seed. You receive a seal. The Holy Spirit marks you and says, this individual is justified by what the Lord has done. But as you see here, it is a verb that is past tense with present tense implications. That means once you are justified, you are not completed. Just because you have been justified or marked by Christ doesn't mean that the work is done. But now you are rooted. Because what Christ did on the cross 
what Christ left in the grave is sufficient to justify you before God. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, if you have repented as Scripture says, sealed. Now the reason that that is important is because of what we see Paul yearning for. What we see Paul struggling for. How many of you have ever struggled or had doubts about your salvation? Anybody have doubts about your salvation? Okay, so Paul sees this, and, and the, the Gnostic believers in the area, in, in that time frame, were infiltrating the church, saying that it's not just Christ alone. What Christ did for you on the cross was great and awesome, but it wasn't sufficient. So you need some of this awesome knowledge. you got to have this extra thing added to your belief. And he, Paul says, I, I'm in anguish over this. I struggle to this end that you as a body, that you, church, listen, for those of you that raised your hand, listen, hear this, that you would reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding. That you would trust, that is defined, that you would trust that it has been done. That what he did for you justified you. You are justified before the Lord. That you would reach all the full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is in Christ, and Christ alone. Tertullian says, he's a father of the faith, that the devil distorts the truth by using it. You guys remember that Jesus was tempted in the garden? You guys remember that? What was Jesus tempted with? We often say power, authority, right? We, he, he was, that's true. But he was tempted of those things by the word of God. The devil distorts the truth by using it. The next verse, verse 4 this justification line to be rooted in Christ, it says, I say this, Paul saying this to the church, Paul saying this to us, I say this in order that no one may delude you. You guys know what to be deluded is, right? It's to be watered down. Watered down. Not that the original state went completely away, but now it's watered down. I say this that so, no one may delude you with plausible arguments. Plausible arguments. How many of you are forgetful? Anybody forgetful? Okay, like you're in the middle of an argument and you forgot why you're there. Anybody? Okay, yeah, I see a couple guys like, yeah, all the time. I don't remember why I'm here right now. Okay, and then everything just starts to sound accurate. You're like, yeah, sure, I did that. Probably did it. You didn't by any means, but you're like, yeah, I agreed. With, I don't know. I might have. Okay, and some of you are laughing like you had that argument this morning. Plausible arguments are they sound reasonable. That could be accurate. I mean, I can't. <clears throat> because what the devil was saying to Jesus, tempting him, was true. As he quoted scripture. It was distorted truth. But it was truth nonetheless. And that's where we get stuck, because if we get stuck 
in trying to figure out whether we're justified, we get caught in quicksand. If we get stuck or distracted by wondering whether we're really rooted in God, we're going to do nothing. Because as you see here, there's three words. It's a three-part process. To be rooted in means to, again, be justified by God. And that process is believing and repenting. Believing and repenting. As H.B. Charles Jr. said in the first quote, a rooted tree is fixed. It's grounded. It's settled in the soil. The tree draws its life, strength, and nourishment from the soil. As we are rooted in Christ, we draw our strength, our nourishment, and our life from Jesus Christ. The next part of this, verse 3, it says, Which is Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Being rooted makes us recognize when to back down from a fight. I said this last week. This is the passage I was referring to. In Christ are all the hidden things of wisdom and knowledge. There was something that took place this week that we were celebrating. Right? The Roe v. Wade leaks. You guys celebrate that? Should be celebrated. Should be recognized. Should be acknowledged. But my greatest fear is that we acknowledge that as a victory and forget that the process just began. Because it's not a victory. The victory is when those mothers and those children get to live. And there's a responsibility in that. Church in Rome used to do child patrols because babies would be delivered and then they would be left. And the church would walk the streets picking up any child that was left. Church. Sometimes we get what we want, but we forget how hard it's going to be. There's a responsibility that lies there. We have to understand that apart from the Holy Spirit sealing you, the world cannot know the riches of full assurance. The, the world cannot know all the hidden things of Christ that are revealed through the power of the Holy Spirit that seals you and is in you. You guys have all had the conversation with an unbeliever. Maybe you're an unbeliever in here, and that's okay too. You've had the conversation with an unbeliever where their eyes get glossed over, and they're like, like your husband when you're arguing, like we just talked about. They cannot understand the things of God that are hidden in Christ if they don't know Christ. That's what the scripture says. That in him we find those things, not apart from him. No argument on our part can actually lead them there. Now we should share the word. We should always be ready to give account for the hope that lies within us. We should be. But if it becomes an argument, we've lost. Being rooted leads to the next part of the process, and it's the most important process that we have, and I have two minutes. So buckle up. We're going to go really fast. Okay, being built up. In your text, you see this in verse 7. It says that those that are rooted in him, rooted in him, okay, 
The next part, it says being built up. We have to notice the being part there because being makes being built up present tense. That means it's happening now. After you have received Christ, you are being built up in him. We've heard these passages in scripture like Romans 8, 29, where it says, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed. Again, become means you are taking part in a process. The Holy Spirit that is in you is now conforming you to the image of Jesus Christ. This is the term that we've said in the church, sanctification. You guys have heard sanctification. Anybody heard sanctification? Okay, that part of the process where we practice our righteousness. Okay, and I want to be careful when I say practice our righteousness because I want us to understand that it's not our righteousness that we're practicing. It's his righteousness, but it takes a effort on our part. It takes effort on our part. Sanctification requires our participation. What does sanctification look like practically? You look in the mirror. According to the text that Jesus gives us, sanctification is walk in the same way in which you received Christ. Walk in him. What are we supposed to walk in? What are we supposed to walk in? Him. We're supposed to walk in Jesus Christ. Walk, again, is an active verb. You have been justified by Christ, but now that you are rooted in him, you are going to be built up to become more like him. Two-part process. Two-part process. How many of us have been asked by Christ to change something in our life? Anybody had to change anything? Those of you that didn't raise your hand must have just been out of the womb good. Okay? Not evil. We've all been asked to conform to the imagery. We are all being asked. That process does not end. Being built up to example Jesus Christ to the world. You guys are all working in some field, yes? Okay. Mothers, how many of you just, as soon as you had a child, knew how to care for them? Any, any moms in here? Just had it all figured out? Okay. How many of you were like, it can't be this difficult! Anybody, anybody that? Okay. Okay. Nobody's going to raise their hand like, I'm not acknowledging that I scream like that. I got a text from my wife this week, and she said, I don't know how we do this all the time. And then it followed up with, I don't need any responses. I just need you to listen to me, right? Because we've gotten to a place in our relationship that I said, I don't know if you need me to do something, if you need me to call, or you just need me to hear you and pray for you, okay? So now she texts back with, hey, just pray for me, <laughs> or someone's going to get it, right? That's, that's, that's... <laughs> Come on, moms, that's the text, right? Is... Okay, yeah, thank you. Someone's going to get it. Are we going to have all the kids at home when I get there, or, you know, what's going to happen? best part about it, Richard's like, 
He's, he's 14 now, so we just said, you know what? Go outside and run a while. Just, just go out and run a little bit. You need some exercise. It'll be good for you. Go out and run. In that process, we are being built up. In our life, in our professional life, in our home life, in our spiritual life. Now, I'm saying them as three separate things, but they all should be one. I just want you to understand that. But in our professional life, in our parenting life, so on and so forth, we research and try to educate ourselves so that we can be built up so we can accomplish the task that's been given to us, right? We educate. We bring out the, cult, the binder of the culture so that we understand what row the boat means and what we're supposed to do because of it. Church, that's the same call of being built up, being sanctified onto Jesus Christ. We cannot walk in something that we were born against. We cannot walk in something that we were born against. That is why we have to be remade. That's why justification is important, that we are renewed. But when we're renewed, now we have to practice being built up. We have to get into a repetition of trying. Because progress is a process. To go forward in anything, we have to. Jude 2021, and I'll end with these scriptures here. Jude 2021. That's confusing. Jude 1 is just one passage. So 2021, it says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up, active participation, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. Again, the only way that we can actually move forward in sanctification. Keep yourselves in the love of God, sanctified by his love. Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. We're going to get to that in just a moment. Proverbs 2, 3 through 5 says, yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it, active participation like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, heard that before, haven't we? Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. It's both and. You've been justified, but now you need to learn the hidden things. 2 Corinthians excuse me, 3.18 says, and we all with unveiled face. This is the Holy Spirit dwelling in us. That means we are gone. He's entered into the conversation. Beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image. Jesus Christ. From one degree, small processes, from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Last verse, Acts 17, 27. That they should seek God and perhaps feel their way, feel their way. Other translations say yearn toward him. Active participation, that they would feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one. Justification, been done, past tense. You receive Christ, you are now in the present. And the present is us participating with the Spirit in what God desires. And He desires for you to be conformed to the image of His Son. Established. Established is the last word that we see there. And that is future tense. 
and that is glorification. You have justification, sanctification, glorification. Glorification is the process of sanctification ending, where we become sin-free, and we worship with God. We become one with him. All of it, the culmination of everything that we have been taking part in here now in sanctification becomes done. It is truly finished. And he returns. To walk in love, we have to realize that it's a three-part process. Something that we choose through the Lord revealing himself to us. Something we participate in through the Lord inspiring us. And then the celebration at the end. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this time. Lord, I pray that as we work through some of these verses that we would understand the depth and the depravity that the Lord saved us out of. Lord, we're grateful that we get to participate in this, and I, I pray that as we celebrate Mother's Day, it would not just be a celebration, but an understanding, a reflection of the responsibility that the Lord has weighed us with. But I do pray that we would be encouraged, as Paul said, that we would be abounding in thanksgiving. Lord, I just ask that you would be with us for the rest of this day. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for this week's message here at Corner Bible Church. If you would like more audio resources, please follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Or you can go online and visit us on our webpage at cornerbiblechurch.com.